Thanks for tuning in to the Ecom Growth Leaders podcast. This show is intended to highlight marketing and conversion techniques taught by today's leaders in the ecom world. I'll be interviewing the top marketers that are influencing the market, making an impact, scaling faster than their competitors, and doing good. I'm your host, Samir Al Kamuni, founder and CEO of Fetch and Funnel, a performance marketing agency specializing in omnichannel media buying, creative production, and conversion optimization. If you enjoy anything from today's episode, I highly recommend checking out fetchfunnel.com and sign up for our email newsletter where I promise to only send you content you can learn from and apply directly into your business to improve results and scale. At the end of each episode, my goal is to have you feeling inspired and fired up by learning from today's top innovators, marketers, and entrepreneurs. Let's dig into another amazing story about a unique brand crushing it and learn from their success and learnings. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another amazing episode of Ecom Growth Leaders. I'm super excited about today's episode. I have the founder of Shock Surplus, Sean Reyes. Sean, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks, Samir. Glad to be here. I know a ton about Sean's business because luckily he's a client of ours and we've worked together for quite some time and they've been crushing it and growing like crazy. They've been doing super interesting things in the shocks world and in the automotive space, a lot of innovative moves, a lot of, uh, you know, it's a very interesting time to be in the shocks uh, and automotive space with COVID and everyone wanted to work on their trucks and vehicles yeah. and everything during lockdown. Um, but then you guys have done an amazing job on the content side, uh, on just like your guides and, and everything you've been doing on the YouTube side and content on the website. So super excited to talk about a bunch of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but would love to just kick off by you talking about uh, just telling our audience more about Shock Surplus and you know what you sell and what the brand's all about. Yeah, we um, so we sell shock absorbers um, and just focus super uh, very very niche in the automotive aftermarket space. Um, yeah, we, we kind of just differ from a lot of the approaches out there where you know a, a car ID or an auto parts warehouse they, they're they're selling literally everything for your vehicle. We're we're just super hyper hyper focused. Um, yeah, back in back in 2010, 2011, I like <clears throat> I we had a I was in the automotive space because of my stepdad and was never really a gearhead. Still, really not a gearhead. I I pay everyone else to do the work on my truck. So, um, but I, I definitely recognize when people have problems and there's a repeating pattern of like can't get something situated, and that was people on their suspension. Um, and so. Um, yeah, started it basically coming out of the uh, the 2008-2009 recession and um, yeah, focused, uh, focused on the problem of people and lifted trucks. So all those lifted trucks you see out there, um, if, you're, if you're not familiar, but big wheels, big tires, um, trucks that look like they go off-road, but they don't. A lot of those guys had so many problems with um, finding replacement shocks and suspension parts and be, being in the industry, I knew what they needed, but a lot of people just have no clue. So, started being that source um, for information and help, and um, yeah, focused on the the, the niche. Um, so, yeah, I got started in 2013 and 
built uh, the first site on big commerce and uh, just really been selling since then. Um, yeah, the uh, <coughs> niching down is, uh, is it's kind of a newer, not a newer thing, but over the past few years, as e-commerce is taken, taken, like taken off a lot of, you know, all the sites and um, articles are just talking about go after a niche, do your niche, do your niche. Um, we kind of went at that from the very beginning, um, mainly because we knew we can't compete with an auto parts warehouse.com or a, a car ID or these really gigantic million skew, multi-million dollar, multi-million skew um, websites. So uh, we figured we learn this very specific thing and, and do it as as well as possible. And so that's, that's proven super beneficial for us. Love that niching down. Great one. Focusing on your, uh, yeah, on what you do best, but on the yeah. same time, you guys have thousands and thousands of SKUs. Yeah. <laughs> Still offer a lot of products. Nonetheless. That, that, that's the thing is like, this was originally started as a, a lifestyle business for, for me. Cause I was like, well, I can drop ship from anywhere. And you know, that I was drop shipping from anywhere, you know, well, ski, I was answering phone calls on the ski lift, uh, you know, um, <laughs> traveling on the road and camping and taking orders. Um, so it was really just a lifestyle business. Cause I knew I could just run it from, you know, with the internet connection. Um, and knowing that there's like a long path ahead, like I'm selling four, I was, we were selling five brands or something at the very beginning. And, um, for, for years, it was really just like filling out the, the catalog of those five or six brands. Um, now we're up to, you know, probably only have actively selling about 15 brands on the site, but we've got another 10 to 15 more that we want to go after. And, um, and so even within those brands, there's like so much opportunity because you, you still have the BMW niche and the Audi niche and all these other niches within the brands to, to really go after and really just penetrate really, really deeply in those communities and those forums and Facebook groups, all that stuff is like still wide open um, because like the bigger sites aren't doing any of that. So every day they're giving up market share to, you know, people like me that are just like niching and, and hyper-targeting their, their audience on, on the hyper-targeted niche. Um, so, um, yeah. I love that. And I want to come back to that in a minute because I think that you brought up a, a good uh, conversation that could probably help a lot of e-com businesses out there just as far as when you diversify and go after sort of other uh, different target audiences and, and things like that and expand and how you make those decisions. But uh, I'm curious, just, you know, that's, you started it for yourself, started lifestyle business, but now the team's expanded and you have a much mm -hmm. larger team now. So what's your role right now at the business as you've, you know, have expanded things and, and what's the role that you play right now? Yeah, I'm, I'm technically still CEO. Um, that just seems like too too big of a title for for myself and what we what we do. Um, but uh, you know, still still pretty pretty in the weeds on operations. Um, maybe not so much uh, the past couple of years. Um, I've really the past few years I've really focused on delegating and hiring out a lot of this, the stuff that can be duplicated. Um, so we've got you know, uh, so I'm basically 
CMO, CEO, I do all the marketing, a lot of all the content direction, um, a lot of the creative direction, um, a lot of the writing still. We haven't ever really hired a copywriter. That's the next thing on my list to get off my plate. Um, and so, yeah, just really just leading the direction. I'm kind of the the face of the company um, on you know on YouTube um, and Instagram. So. Um, a couple of years back, we really went after YouTube a lot. Um, and uh, I'm kind of probably, I, I don't want to toot my own horn a little bit, but being able to, I've known the product for so long and I've known the audience for so long. So it's really easy for me to just jump on camera and, and talk to the audience. Um, other people on other people in the company are, are getting to that level and getting comfortable to that level. So we're able to, I'm able to kind of like duplicate myself in that way to take a lot of that off my plate. Um, so, um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of YouTube stuff, um, going out there and making it happen really on the trail and, and networking all these events where we're on the road. I'm out camping a lot anyways, just as what I like to do. And so that's part of the why, why I built this business, um, the way it is, you know, we, we were built remote. And so we've got like a remote team now of, uh, I don't know, there was like 22 people in our, in our company meeting the other day. So, uh, that's growing. Um, yeah, big challenge of human resources, you know, um, we don't really have an HR person, but like I considered like HR being like one of the big things on a, on a remote team right now because of, um, you know, body language is lost between, us right now on a zoom call. Right. So like getting in front of people, uh, getting in front of the team and, um, giving, giving everyone the big picture. That's like, uh, I try to try to make that a bigger piece of my role, uh, this year. Cause there's so much going on in our business now. Um, customer service people have no idea what the marketing people and advertising people are doing in the data team. And so like it, a lot of, a lot of culture just gets lost. Um, in a, in a remote team, right? So, really trying to trying to be the cultural driver of the company as it grows and as the team gets more and more spread out. So, yeah, kind of what I'm doing. I'm, I make sure to have a lot of fun though, too. So, uh, we get a lot of trips planned. I think we got um, multi-state trips planned over the next uh, four or five months, and uh, we'll be recording a bunch of it. And um, yeah, putting. That, and that's even, even outside of all the stuff we do, all the fun stuff we do with vehicles uh, and trucks and fast cars. So, yeah. Sean has a pretty epic truck. I've ridden it in person. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he has the f fortunate ability to swap out shocks every couple of weeks to try out a new pair. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're on the, we're on the end. We're on the, I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for the, uh, the pinnacle of, of shocks right now for that thing. And probably do in the next couple of months. Um, so even we have to wait for all the back orders, but people aren't familiar with, yeah, back to, back to the automotive space, um, in general, you know, uh, the, the back order situation, um, and the supply chain situation, it's been affecting us big, uh, us big time as well, but, um, being, being diversified across a bunch of different suppliers allows us to, you know, if this is out of stock, then we're going to go sell this. If this is out of stock, we're going to go sell there. If that distributor has nothing, then we've got these other distributors that are going to, going to help us out. So um, we're, we still have a lot of room to grow within our, within like our bubble, you know? So that's, that's been a big help. Um, but 
uh, even even I can't expedite stuff for my own vehicles because we, we get in line like everybody else. <laughs> Good to know. And then, yeah. So, but you're going to save the best for last, huh? So that way, mm-hmm. hopefully, you put the best pair on, and then you're done. Yeah, and that's that's to uh, to to the overall thing of like e-commerce in general. It's in your niche um, for, for like this is for listeners, you know, like the reason why we're in this niche is to bring like all the behind the scenes stuff um, and to get past all the marketing jargon and to uh, how do you achieve authority in your niche? You, it, part of it is like knowing the product. Of course you, you call up a company and you, you expect them to know the product, but you'd be surprised that most people are just reading product descriptions um, on the product that you're looking at and you're asking about on the website. Um, and so the big thing we're trying to do is like, really get the real world feedback of all of these, all of these different things, the comparison pieces. Um, um, and so, yeah, we, we basically get a vehicle, um, and we take it through a, we call it, just call it a shock journey or a suspension journey where we're putting on like probably seven or eight different suspension options on the vehicle. And then kind of just bring, just showing that whole journey online. Uh, YouTube and written form. Um, and, and that gives a lot of people uh, kind of the behind the scenes view into the business, um, more human faces behind uh, the business. Cause you, you look at shocksurplus.com and uh, these other sites, it's like it's such a general catalog, right? And without the content, you don't really understand there's, there's, or there's real people behind real people behind it, obviously, but who are those people and what are they doing? Are they really using the product? Um, what are they running on their own vehicles? All these little micro stories behind the business say a lot about like who is in the business, who's operating the business and what are, you know, are they walking, are they, are they walking the talk? Right. That's, that's, that's a really big thing now, which is, um, we, we see a lot in our industry of like people, companies uh chasing trends or fads um and and so we don't call it out but like you know staying genuine over a long period of time you know all that history is on youtube all that history is in your written your written form on your blogs and 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 whatnot so that's really how we're trying to achieve like we're not achieving authority through seo tactics where we're achieving authority through just like staying true to the mission over years. And I think we're kind of reaping some of those benefits right now. So becoming the authority figure, uh, not being afraid to get on camera, <laughs> yeah, creating content, but it's interesting what you're saying, because I think it, it, it translates easy for a business like yours where you're, let's call it like, almost like brand agnostic in a way, right? It's mm, not It's yeah. not that you're manufacturing the product. So you have the benefit of, of coming out and saying, hey, you know, here's the, you know, Bilstein 8112 and Fox 2.5 are both great shocks, but here's the difference between them, right? And here's, mm-hmm. and here's the pros and cons to each pair and, and when you want to use them and for what applications. But yeah. I think that's still relatable to even e-com businesses that are, manufacturing their own products like doing those comparisons and talking about the pros and cons to their own products Mm -hmm. um i think that adds a layer of humility which 
you luckily have that sort of baked in, I think, mm. to your brand because you're like, hey, we're, you know, we'll review them and we'll be honest with you because we, we want to be and we've got this awesome benefit of trying them all out and, and talking yeah. about them. And then, you know, most of your team are gearheads, so they're excited about it and, and getting yeah. their vehicles tricked up. And um, but then, yeah, I mean, I, I love that thinking about that as even a content strategy because it, it, it is sort of easy in a way because you know exactly what you're going to talk about. It's like, and but mm -hmm. then your comparisons are some of your best. I mean, if you go to yeah. Google and search, you know, Forerunner, best shocks for Forerunner, like you guys are going to come up right away and you're going to be talking about all the different, yeah, all the different options. applications and options. Yeah. Yeah, the comparison thing is 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 actually where like all the gold is we find because you get all the overlap of the different audiences and the different brands. Um, and so, like uh, a a Bilstein an interest, person interested in Bilstein maybe had no idea about this Eibach product even during their research because it didn't pop up or whatever. But now you have now you over, overlap that through your content, and that exists in all these different comparison pieces. And so. Yeah, that that really has kind of uh, not made our stuff like more viral, but um, it, it it just amplifies that traction. Um, and you know, that's yeah. But like you said, it's just part of what we're doing, part of the culture of just like comparing A against B against C. And so now, like over this long funnel of comparisons, it's just like now you have all those shoppers understanding and 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 being tied into your brand as the the person talking about it or the, you know, the authority. And you're, and you're assisting them to make the decision too, which is huge, right? Because it's, you're in an industry as well, where you have, like you have the diehards that are just going to be obsessed and they are going to find out all the differences and they're mm -hmm. going to read a hundred pages of forums. Um, yeah. Even reading forums is still totally different than what you guys are coming out with on YouTube and doing those mm -hmm. comparisons. And I mean, I'm I'm a gearhead. I I modify all my vehicles, but it's still time consuming to do that research and figure out what yeah. you want to do. And 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 mm -hmm. so you know, and and so you're handling those objections as well and guiding me through the funnel to figure out like, hey, okay, cool. You just made the decision for me. I might as well just go to your website and make the purchase now because hopefully. I finally know. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully, uh, but I know what I want now. So at least you made my decision easier. And now it's you know now I'm just shopping for price or whatever it is and. and and, and pulling the trigger. Yeah. yeah. The, the, um, the big, the big motto of the past, you know, six months, uh, and going forward for us is like, we're not trying to tell you what to use. We're trying to help, trying to guide you into figuring it out for yourself. And so, yeah, back to like, yeah, being unbiased and yeah, for the listeners, we don't manufacture anything ourselves. We eventually like to, and we've had, we've had ambitions there. Um, but we kind of just scrapped that during COVID and supply chain issues. And so we're really just, you know, doubling down on what's been working and, uh, yeah, just bringing the unbiased, like, uh, feedback of how these, how this stuff actually works on our own vehicles and giving that feedback because, you know, if it's your own vehicle and a lot of our stuff is being used on our staff vehicles um, and my own vehicle, it's like we don't want to run crap, even if someone sends us $3,000 shocks, you know? So <clears throat> yeah, trying to, trying to stay in that, that frame of mind at, at all times. And that kind of 
that really, you know, just pounding that into the the culture really. And that eventually that, um, that frames all the content and everyone's frame of mind when they're in the content. So, uh, the really scientific approach, um, is, is really working well for us. That's awesome. So I'm curious just for the audience, how do you find success at shock surplus and how is it measured? Yeah. Um, well, as far as like, well, there's so yeah, success is, it's been on my mind a lot recently because at the get go, um, selling, you know, selling 50,000 or $80,000 a month in product was like success. My, I had the most, I had the most freedom there selling a hundred thousand dollars a month. I was, I just was cruised at that for a long time because I could do that myself working I mean, the four hour work week is what, you know, set me on the path of like true freedom and success, <laughs> even only doing, you know, even only doing less than a million a year. Right. Um, and naturally I just, we just keep just uh, nature of us Americans. It seems like to just keep going after the money. It's like, it's there, keep going, keep making more, but eventually you find yourself like, well, now I just built a job again. Right. Um, and so success for us now, it's like, we're not, I'm, I'm happy if we don't grow another hundred percent year over year. And we've been growing a hundred percent year over year since like 2015, 2016. So it's a lot of growing, a lot of growing pains come along with that. Um, and, and so now it's like, well, let's not, we're not trying to grow too much pipeline revenue. If it's at the, if it's at the detriment of like, just business health. And that exists in a bunch of ways. Like, um, you know, profit margins are the most obvious one, uh, debt and, um, but also like human, like human health, right? Uh, we all, the, the recent thing is, is burnout and, um, expecting more productivity. Cause it's easy for us managers to, to be like, how can I increase productivity through these tools and make my team learn these tools so that they're more productive with the hours they're, they're giving me. Right. Um, and so, yeah, there's the measuring success for us is like, is it's there, there are, there aren't really any KPIs I'm looking at. Um, you know, I'm, it, it's, it's getting a feel for how the, how the office, how the office morale is, or people joining us on our on our trips when we when we invite a bunch of people from the office to go on a trips, um, or people participating in in the content creation. How do they feel about that? Because um, honestly, it's like right you you can see it right now. Our YouTube ads are just like crushing it. Um, when we we like I made it. We made our YouTube ad just by like all right, roll the camera. I'm just going to do this little funny thing right here. And we've been rolling that out and it's been killing it for us. And that took, took literally five minutes of company time to make. Right. And so, you know, we haven't, we had, there's so many opportunities for more like financial success for us. And, but in terms of, I could move 150 miles an hour and Ryan, my uh, chief of operations could move 150 miles an hour, but like if you're only as fast as your, your slowest guy. Right. So, um, it's really trying to, how we can build up the team more, how much they feel more part of the organization or, you know, all these other things that we, we, I'm, I don't know how to measure them. And I've never, uh, I'm a college dropout that we should, everyone for your listeners, you guys could do it. <laughs> college isn't the answer for everybody. <laughs> um, and so like, 
yeah, all these things, it's very, all these arbitrary um, things that like go into company health and success. That, that's really what I'm thinking about more this year, especially with on, especially with like the, the, the broader economic outlook with like, you know, honestly, it's, if we've been, if we've been on an upward trajectory economically for the past decade, right? It's, I, I've been saying it's, pretty not easy to build a business on 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 that but like it's been relatively easy for us because we just pour more money into advertising we get a 15 row as output and that's been just so reliable just growing and growing and growing so um is that the way forward for us definitely not um and that's why i've been pushing super hard on content over the past you know couple years ago jumping in front of youtube i wasn't comfortable on camera um but i was like i'm the only one that can do this right now so just roll the camera and we're gonna do it no retakes everything is just gonna go to youtube straight up and that's been working for us and i think that just um back to like when you know the product and you know the audience and you're talking directly to them it uh that's you know it it, it, that's been our biggest like lever, lever so far and I love that you're saying that, that'll continue as well. We're we're really trying to amplify and just lots of YouTube, lots of YouTube, lots of just getting in front of the camera because people want to see the behind the scenes stuff. So, but I see the team rallying behind it too. And and like you're saying, you're paying attention to culture. You're paying attention to how the team's feeling. And 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 I know we've had a lot of of conversations about that just <clears throat> personally as yeah. owners, um, but. Yeah, I think that's a really important, it's something that's hard to measure, right? It's not a tangible mm-hmm. <laughs> metric, yeah. uh, but you feel it and you feel the the production. But then uh, I, I, I love what you're saying about even the content creation piece. So that was a difficult thing for you. And you're like, but I got to do it because I'm the one. Mm-hmm. And so you yeah. just owned it and you did it. But now you see other team members getting behind camera and you see other team members trying to you know come up with some content. And mm-hmm. you can see that progression. I mean, I've seen some of your <laughs> older videos videos i've obviously yeah. seen a lot of the newer videos you can see that that progression yeah. but like everyone respects that i mean every that's every youtuber every content creator right? so. everything in the yeah. beginning is horrible <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and but, some of those are some of those are like are still our best performing ones and like our first 20 <laughs> videos it was like i'm not reshooting anything <laughs> and and they got 250,000 views on them and it's yeah looking back on them now i'm like oh man fix your posture sean <laughs> <laughs> Amazing! Some pretty epic haircuts too. If, uh, if uh, anybody's paying attention out there, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm curious. What would you consider some of your biggest success so far? It can be more than one, but yeah. And any specific breakthroughs as you've as you've gone through those those different you know success. Yeah, the email. Hey, the biggest. I think the biggest success over the past couple of years is uh, I'm really proud of where our email program has gotten. Um, you know, we the whole autoresponder thing. You know, if you've been if you've been following e-commerce and really always trying to you know be on the latest trends, uh, auto follow not auto follow up, but autoresponders has been in the limelight for you know at least four or five years now, six years probably. Automotive in general is just kind of behind that curve and. Um, we, you know, being a, being able to put money into ads and get, get a reliable ROAS at the end of it, there was never, we didn't really have stresses on the business to like achieve, um, 
sales in other regards, but I knew that there was a huge opportunity there. And so I think it was not, not last year, but the year before last year. So 2020, I just like rolled out my own, you know, test of uh, auto uh, kind of a auto drip email system um, through, I think it was, yeah, through Clavio and uh, it worked out really well. And so we amplified that even further in uh, 2021. And that brought home, like, I think about 17% of our revenue um, last year, which was a really, really big success for us because like, yeah, that'll probably maybe have us cannibalized a little bit of our our ad sales or whatnot, but I think the huge net benefit there of capturing more organic customers for us, that's, that's really has been a, a huge success for us. Um, so yeah, there's been that. And then now we're doing kind of the similar, same, same thing with uh, SMS. Um, and I know, I don't, I think we're, I think we're, uh, we're definitely ahead of the curve in automotive for SMS. Uh, we might be behind, you know, a little bit on, on average for general retail and SMS and all that, but that's, that's okay with me. Um, other, other big stuff. Yeah. Just, <clears throat> yeah. The YouTube channel has, has produced, um, it was kind of one of those things you just don't know what you don't know. And so now that we've been on YouTube for the past couple of years and me just like being at a gas station on highway 395 and someone just literally coming up and be like, dude, thanks so much for your video on yada, yada. I've got, I bought the shocks over there on my, on my Ranger. I'm like, what? Awesome. Amazing. So like being at, being at shows and people just coming up and, you know, shaking, shaking your hand. Um, there's, you know, there's egotistical benefits there. Like I'm like, Oh, I feel, feel awesome but <laughs> at the same time it's like it's um you know you're leaving impressions on these people that you're making this content for and you're, you're wanting to help and like you're, you're you're achieving some some form of brand outside of um outside of just the name brand of product because that's that's one of our biggest that's one of our biggest um a big thing of not friction, but one of our biggest challenges is like uh, is growing the shock surplus brand separate from the brands we sell because people are running big name brands in their vehicle. They're going to promote those brands. They might make the might not. No one's going to promote like Best Buy on their vehicle, right? They're going to promote the Samsung TV or something, or it's that it's that kind of relationship that we're always kind of trying to balance and um, over deliver value as, as our company, you know, more than just like the product that we're selling. So, you know, the YouTube channel, I think has, it, it's been an unexpected success. I had zero ideas about what we're going to do there. I, I didn't set out to be like, you know, a creator or an influencer or anything like that. It was just like, here is, here is a video version of my written content and a video version of, of the product descriptions that no one ever wants to read. So if you want to, you know, so it's just that, and that's, that's produced like huge benefits for us. And, um, and so, yeah, now we're running with all of that. That's cool. I mean, yeah. that in-person validation is always going to be way better than a YouTube comment or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah. So I can understand yeah, yeah. that. Uh, but I like what you touched upon on, on email, and I think it's important for the listener base to understand, too, that, um, <laughs> I mean, Shock Surplus doesn't have, like, a huge repeat customer rate, 
right? You guys yeah. sell like you're 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 selling shocks, and and you know I'm only gonna upgrade my shocks once or maybe twice or not that many yeah. times. Uh, yeah, it's a three so, or four year, four three or four year purchase usually. Yeah, and and I think a lot of ecom businesses that are really relying on just that like one time order and not mm-hmm. you know repeat customer like tend to ignore email and sms a bit more than than others because mm-hmm. they think oh this is a good way to nurture you know my current customer base and things mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. they don't pay as much attention to it and so i like that you brought that up because i do think it's a really important thing that you sh- you know should never be ignoring should be you know getting at least one or two percent of your website visitors to convert to your email list or your sms list and then yeah i mean it's it's one of the easiest ways to just print money <laughs> yeah because we the big thing is our organic our like when you're doing research on forums um, or or people or these these long purchase uh, windows, you know, people in, so just for the listener to more context, so like when you need new parts for your vehicle because the mechanic said you need new parts, you're going to go out, do your research and buy that stuff within three or four days because you need it, right? And that's a lot of our Google AdWords sales and we, we, we win a lot on that. But then there's the $1,000 parts or $2,000 parts or whatever where, like, you're researching for weeks and months and you're, like, saving it up. You're waiting for a deal and that's, like, a long window. How do you – so how do you stay in the – how do you stay in that buyer's mind, right? That's that's where I really came from where it's like, okay, we know we're getting them on the research end of things, but we're not, we're not getting that purchase because they forgot about us or we're just a price for them. And so when I when I was – setting out to do the email thing i was like okay how can i make like a six or seven email sequence that all that delivers value for you know a, a first started pretty broad but then we segmented out to very specific you know brand specific stuff oh we got a review for that oh we have a new thing for that oh we you know just like keeping in their mind um to being top of mind for them and so that's that's been huge for us because it's a it's it, tr- it truly is a set it and forget it kind of thing. You spend a lot of hours up front, but then that just keeps just delivering for you, just delivering for you all the time. And um, yeah, you could refine it, uh, change it, add on top of it. So um, I think there there are so many brands that are still not doing that that they should be. And um, back to your point of like, um, yeah, single purchase window. How can we stay in? How can we stay in top of mind over? years right or, right or for their other vehicle lots yep. of dads or lots of people are buying stuff for their farm equipment but they've got a family of three or four other vehicles or um you know the latest thing right now we're just like oh i'm gonna build the rig or i'm gonna build the ride and i'm gonna sell it because the market is absurd pricing i'm gonna go buy a new vehicle where do i get those parts from that people yep. right so my biggest one of my biggest goals we you know we doubled our um, return customer rate over the past 18 months which was a kind of a goal of mine and we're gonna we're gonna i'm gonna i want to get to 20 percent by the end of this year i don't we'll see if that can happen we're at like 12 percent right now which is it's low for e-commerce all right because a lot of these broader brands they rely on customers coming back and they're hoping for a 20 or 30 percent return customer rate um, because you're buying the trinket and you're buying that trinket and you're buying that thing um, but for us like you said it's it's one and done a lot of the time so we're, we're, we're really trying to we're adding on a lot of new kind of accessory product so like they buy the big piece oh we also have those small pieces for it for you as well and that's being delivered through email sequences very cool. So 
tons of success, growing like crazy, month-on-month growth. But what are some of the hard lessons learned? What are some of like the landmines you've stepped on that, you know, others following in your footsteps might benefit from from hearing about? Maybe some missteps that, that happened along the way. Yeah, one of the first one of the, the one of the big first early missteps um out the gate was uh in the financial and the money realm. And that's that's actually been that's we've had a couple there's been a few um money money situations as far as like just not watching the numbers close close enough um this is an old enough story that i don't, i'm comfortable telling it but like you know pay, paypal working capital and um you know shopify working capital and clear bank a lot of these new lending programs how they're you know they give you whatever a million dollars or a hundred thousand dollars and you're you're paying it back um through your the sales through your sales right they'll take you know five percent of that day's sales that goes towards the payback and you'll do this for a few months in the early days of paypal working capital um i was sharing a sharing a paypal account with uh, a pretty good friend um and i was doing you know I was doing $10,000 a day in business. He was doing like $500 a day in business. And so unbeknownst to me, or I knew he did, he started a PayPal working capital kind of agreement. But if, if that 5% of a day is being taken out of my product um, and very, very little of your product, then I'm now I'm missing, you know, five or 10% of my daily margin. Um, And in retail, that's a lot because like your total margin is like, you know, gross, you're lucky to get gross 25%, right? So over the course of a couple months, it was like, what's going on here? Um, we need to, we need to adjust this. Uh, we, I can't keep going like this. And so in, in the end there was, um, you know, almost six figure disagreement on, on the money with this friend. And, um, you know, that I won't was long story short, that was a, a terrible situation because uh how all the domino effects of what that what what happens when your when your cash flow just gets crushed in a very short period of time. Because imagine growing five hundred percent uh month over not month in six months, and then uh you know, twenty percent of that money is just non existent and you're paying with credit cards. So watching your cash flow when you're basically bootstrapping. Uh, with with credit cards and and all that that was you know us kind of a season now it's like super obvious you hear about these things kind of from you know hyper growth experts and whatever they don't really mention the day-to-day operations of of stuff um because usually a lot of these a lot of these funded businesses the people providing the funds are taking care of the numbers too. They got their accountants, they got their analysts, and they're watching the numbers, paying the bills, and making sure everything is um, good to go. And uh, the the team operating doesn't really have to worry about that too much. But we've been worrying about the numbers and the, the cash flow and all that stuff since since day one. We're still bootstrapped and no not funded. So that's the cash flow on on that level and at the level that we're at right now is 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 the biggest challenge and provides the biggest opportunity for mistakes because of the domino effect and so um you know we've had a the other kind of when you when you think you've done it all and you hire out to delegate like in the financial um aspect of the business like don't don't let it go completely 
<laughs> because because uh, what you don't you don't know what you don't know, right? And so, like, if you think you, a new problem pops up, but this other part of your, of your team that you don't have hundred percent visibility to is trying to solve it, maybe without you, um, that's you know, uh, that's just that that's an opportunity for a huge huge problem. And so we've ran into we've, I've ran into that a couple times because I kind of over trusted. Um, the uh, that side of the business uh, to people that I thought were knew their job or knew the job, um, and you know that ultimately responsibility comes back on me because of lack of documentation, lack of follow up, lack of accountability. Um, accountability is <clears throat> that's like one of the hot terms over the, the past you know year or so in, in remote work and remote teams and whatnot and it is I think it's it's one of the our biggest challenges um, I know it's a big challenge for other people it's a it's actually a thing of most people are just sweeping it under the rug because accountability requires me talking to you probably through a zoom call right and there's body language that's missing there's whatever right and so it's really hard to give and take criticism uh in this in this kind of format right um and so yeah accountability has been a, a, a big thing um any other big misses it's really just on on the on the on the finance side of things just because like being bootstrapped you don't have you don't have like you don't have a war chest of like of yep. some of these some of these people's war chests that I hear about. I'm like, we, they, but that also that also benefits the business because like operating very tightly and um, that's you know very the, the accountability structure in, in some regards is is very good because like we we, we can actually literally can't afford to have that mess up again or whatever. So yeah. I'm curious on that note. So you're you're bootstrapped. You're thinking about inventory. You're thinking of like you guys. Sometimes you hold some inventory. Sometimes you don't. Um, you've got like thousands of SKUs. You like you said, you've got dozen, you know, more than a dozen different brands. I'm curious as as you've expanded over the years, because even since we've been working together over the last you know couple of years, you, you've gone from sort of just trucks and and you know mm -hmm. jeeps and more off roading vehicles to now even some cars. Um, mm -hmm. And so I'm curious as you've diversified the product mix. How have you made those decisions on sort of what direction to go in? Because I think this is one a lot of e-com businesses sort of, you know, are unsure. And it could even be their own products. Like we have a couple clients now that are are looking to expand their own product, you know, that they manufacture. Mm -hmm. And they're still kind of like, hey, should we double down on what's working or should we diversify? And I'm mm -hmm. curious, especially with with your business, because you could you can expand into Right, easily more shocks for more vehicles because there's always mm -hmm. more vehicles yeah. that you could be going yeah. after, right? Like coming out with new Mustang content and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, you could also start selling those more accessories, right? Like as you've also done, right? Sway bars and you know different mm -hmm. other different other complementary products, still somewhat suspension and handling related, but you're still yeah. able to offer more upsell opportunities, more opportunities for repeat customers. Um, I'm curious, how have you navigated that and, and made those decisions, especially being bootstrapped and not just being able to be like VC yeah. backed and be like, all right, cool. We'll just test it all at the same time yeah. and see what works. 
yeah, me, me and Ryan, we, we daydream a lot about just getting some VC money and be like, okay, we just hire the data team and do it all. <laughs> right. But <laughs> yeah. we don't have that. We don't have that. We can go that way, but you know, I, I like seeing how far we can take it ourselves. Um, but back to, back to that point, it's like, um, so the repeat customer thing, um, we're like, you know, four years ago, our repeat customer was like 2% or whatever. And that's what, you know, when our site had like no accessories, no sway bars, no, you know, ball joints or whatever the case may be. Um, and so I'm like, okay, well, we need to, we need to, uh, I don't, you know, squeeze more out of our current customers, right? I don't want to put it that term, but like, we know they're buying this stuff, um, but they're not doing, buying it from us. So let's make it, let's allow them to buy it from us. And so my, my bigger thing was like, how do we increase average order value? How do we increase return customer rate? It's through accessory adoption. And so it's like, okay, instead of adding, you know, adding this brand, um, this year, let's add this other brand this year. And while that, while that average, um, you know, skew is, is way less than this brand, there's a lot more people are going to buy this with their purchase. And so that's, you know, AOV is, has dramatically increased for us. And so AOV and return customer rate have been my two things the past few years to how do we go after that? Um, and so, AOV, you know, we've been attacking like AOV by like uh, just adding a lot more high-end product. Um, and just like I know, I, I we see inventory numbers across 80 warehouses that I'm like, oh my God, there's so much moving in this brand at a $2,000 price point and we're not touching any of it. I'm like, okay, add that, set up all the content for it and yada, yada, yada. And now we're, now we're doing it. <clears throat> so that has lifted our AOV a lot. And so our ad dollars is going further or our, the content we're already producing because the content we're producing, all of our trucks and everything, they're running $4,000 suspensions or two or three or whatever. We're, at that point, we're we're marketing and selling to uh, ourselves and the customers that we hang out with already, right? So that makes it really easy for us. Um, and so, I uh, you know, part of you know, a few years back, it was like let's lean way more into the high end stuff because that's that's just where we participate in uh, more often. But on the other hand, <clears throat> um, we're you know. We're partially recession proof because we also do the really low end stuff, the really, you know, O'Reilly's level, uh, just uh, Napa Auto Parts level replacement parts where the shocks broke get, on my car and I need yeah. a replacement now. Yeah, they just need replacements and that's to their door under 200 bucks. And uh, we, we really focus on delivering that like flawless service. Um, and so all these kind of these give and takes of very high end, but let's balance it out with the very low end stuff too. Um, that, you know, that's credit goes to, to Ryan. He's really, um, he's really kind of pounded that home. You know, we need a lot of pack of gum in, in the store because it's super reliable. It just big baseline, just build up the big, big baseline of, of our sales. And then all the really high end stuff is like, uh, you know, all the, you know, the dessert of the meal. Um, and so, yeah, our content, um, what we're driving ourselves, um, a lot of this stuff kind of goes into how we're deciding on which product to go after. Um, we've wanted to do self-manufactured stuff and I, I'm, I come, 
I won't say my background in self-manufacturing, but when I first started in this business, my stepdad, uh, we were already producing tens of hundreds of thousands of dollars of product in China and Taiwan and having it shipped over here, label it ourselves, sell it for a really great margin. And so like that knowledge is just, you know, it's just like the one, a, a thing, a thing to activate on, um, whenever we decide to, but you know, th there's a lot of, uh, challenges that come along with that. You know, we're a, e a remote e-commerce team with a pretty good headquarters in, in Los Angeles. But, uh, when you start building your own product, when you start going down that way, there's like new lines of communication, there's new problems. You need a lot more inventory space. You got pat you know, all these things that just start sprouting. You're like, Oh you know, And the back to the, you don't know what you don't know. Even, yeah, just all these things just start sprouting, um, and and it's a whole new, it's really a whole new business. And personally, I'm like, I don't know if I want to. I keep going back and forth, but I'm like, I don't know if I want to go. Uh, I don't want want to start on a five or another five or ten year journey in this direction, right? We're still building shock surplus, and there's still a long runway for us. And so I'm like, I don't know if I want split how I want to split my time. Do I want to just hire? You know, do I hire a new CEO for Shock Surplus and then I'll just take over this other brand? Or do I hire an operation manager for the new brand and steal it from some other brand right now to do it for me? Um, so we've got a lot of opportunity. Um, but right now with COVID and um, just greater kind of economic outlook, I'm just like, let's just double down on what we know is working. I've been telling my team for months now, it's just like, let's just do the basics. I'm sorry if it gets boring, like, uh, I'm sorry, but not sorry. Cause we're making money and everyone's getting raises and everything, but we're just going to do the basics, which is install new product, talk about the comparison against the old product, take it on the trail and, uh, repeat that process. And so, you know, that's what's been working. Our YouTube videos in that regard, they don't like go viral or explode, but like, we don't need to make money off of YouTube. Uh, we don't need to make money off of our social accounts. You know, all of that is just part of the overall brand strategy and, um, it, you know, it has its all, it's, it's unmeasurable benefits for, for the business. Yeah, it makes sense. That's the, the, the viral videos are cool to sell car wash spray or <laughs> yes. a small little accessory or to sell some t-shirts. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, mm -hmm. and that works great. <laughs> yeah. But to sell those more expensive products, the multi-thousand dollar products, the yeah, the the niche audience, it's not about views. It's about mm -hmm. yeah, it's about talking directly to the customer, talking to that that the people that are spending the hours on forums and yep. trying to get them to convert because it's a much different yeah, it's a completely different strategy from the versus the mass appeal. Cause you guys, you, you do some great content that is a little bit more mass appeal and inter entertaining, right? Mm -hmm. For just to watch some off-roading videos and, and see some cool yeah. overlander type type stuff. But then on the other hand, that's, yeah, that's just mass, you know, that, that that's cool to get the brand out there. So then brand recognition. So if that, yeah, mm -hmm. if my shocks do break or whatever it is to your point earlier, just about the, you know, kind of the recession proof type of audience, yeah. but then, yeah, but then it's not going to speak to that, to that, yeah, to that niche and, and, and help them make that purchase decision, which 
yeah, happens through your comparison guides and your videos. Like you said, that don't get they're long, they don't get a ton of views, but they're pure gold. As yeah, far as yeah like, exactly. Who's just like, watching it? Yeah, like yeah, exactly. It's like I don't. It fits uh, on a on a on a view through or not view through, but like you know, two percent of your 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 audience is going to watch all the way to the end on a twenty minute video, and I'm like. That's that's fine because that two percent is gonna they're gonna comment and they're gonna ask questions and they're gonna buy the product in like four months or a year and a half. You know, we get a lot of people will be like, Oh yeah, I saw your videos last year and I've been just watching everything. I'm like, Oh, sweet, right? And those people are are rare, but that's what we do it for. And yeah, one of my just big big goals is like and I don't uh, you know, I, this is kind of putting it out there, but like, you know, having, having our organic traffic from all these written sources and, and YouTube sources to like really pay for and grow the business itself without worrying about having to buy advertising space. Um, just cause I, the, uh, the game plan just seems so obvious for us, which is like you said, just like we talked about this earlier, which is like you, there, you have the plan for the business is pretty obvious new product, versus old product on a new vehicle, right? And that how, how that just repeats itself in all these different places, right? And so forever. Like, yeah, <laughs> forever, right? So it seems super obvious, but then my yeah, my big thing this year is like setting it setting up the content system um, and the content rollout system without me without me there. And so how do I how do I get my team to do what we just talked about without me there and without like direct how do you ingrain how do you just ingrain that system in the culture of like oh there's a new product out for the ranger oh steve's is running this let's get that in there let you know get that let them let them let them get the ball rolling on on this stuff um by themselves without me making a freaking trello card and checklist and being like okay guys do it right so that's that's where really where i'm where I'm at right now, as far as like uh, CMO and um, and and how how this how how that you know colors the culture of the business, right? So I think that the team is picking up extremely well right now, and um, stuff's being created without me, and ideas are popping up without me, and they're executing on those ideas without me. So it's great to great to see right now. Hope you're muted. I think that's a really cool culture point or what you're talking about with. Yeah. I mean, you're, 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 you're supporting team members and they're, they're reaping some of the benefits, right? Whether you're modding their vehicles or, or what have mm-hmm. you. But then I think the other validation piece is like, it's cool for the team to see that the company's growing. There's more revenue, you know, the, the team mm-hmm. is growing. That's, that's cool, but I feel like someone coming up to me and saying, "Oh, I watched your video and right and, and I yeah. it was awesome and it helped me make this decision and and look at my truck now." I think yeah. that's more exciting and almost like more validation to like, "Hey, what we're doing here, you know, is making a difference and and improving mm-hmm. people's lives and they're super excited, you know, customers are super excited about it and like yeah, just yeah. kind of boost the the team morale. I feel like around that stuff more versus just the, like you said, like let's just double down on what's working, even though it's not going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's, yeah, going, going, yeah, just going deep, right? Just going, going deep into the audience is, I think, is 
it's always re really just been in the back of my mind, even though we're like, I don't know, the the the, the top twenty percent of skew, like the top twenty percent of SKUs are eighty percent of the sales, twenty eighty rule kind of thing, right? That plays out in our business a lot on on a, on a vehicle basis, and so um, you know, there's four forerunners on the team and two Tacomas and a Ranger and a Silverado. And now we're just going to go super deep on those five vehicles and, and penetrate super hard in all the, in all the categories. And yeah, the team is, is benefiting from that because now when they're on the street or they're at an event, people are be like, Oh, your, your, your thing helped me out. And then they're like, Holy crap. Now they're like a little mini celebrity at work. So that that's great to see. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so is that part of the interview process? What do you drive? Is that one of the interview questions? <laughs> yeah, there, there's been, we've been, I interviewed a bunch of videographers recently, and like, um, yeah, some of some of their answers were were hilarious, and some of them were embarrassed. And yeah, so yeah, the culture. The, that's the back to the culture thing. It's, um, I found when people have no overlap of like interest or just cultural fit with us and it's all on a hard skills basis, like they don't last really. They don't mesh with the team. Um, they don't like do any of the activities that would like lend themselves to actual interest in like what the business is doing. Um, so like if they're, if they don't, if they don't go hiking, if they don't go road tripping or if they don't, uh, you know, there's just a little, you don't even need to do too much to overlap with what we do as, as a business. But we found that when those people have like zero interest there whatsoever, they, they don't really last because uh, they don't mesh. Even if they, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's been an interesting thing that's played out over the past couple of years. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it's, it's a long running joke. My friend and I have about just, you know, what somebody drives says a lot about them, but to your point, it doesn't even, you know, they can drive a 98 Corolla. There's nothing wrong with that. But on the other hand, yeah, if they don't do any of the outdoorsy stuff, if they're not interacting with your customer, then yeah, then that's sort of a, a tough one because you don't really, you're not going to understand the nuances and the ins and outs and the, and the problems that people have. And, and, you know, I think we, we all joke on our on our calls together, um, you know, of just like fun things you can do when you can off road and, <laughs> and going yeah. off curbs and doing things like that. Right. Where, yeah, they're not going to understand those those nuances or or even just the benefits. Right. Reducing body mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's been a big thing the past past six months is is almost basically forcing um, forcing product um, kind of knowledge and you know we uh we got this new setup Every, all you know all you guys in the office are going to go and take rides in it right now um or today or whatever the case and then you know there's light bulbs that go off all the time now because like oh i see now i understand you know borrow like borrowed knowledge versus real knowledge is like so people do not talk about it enough, especially in this space, but in, in, the, in the greater sense of things too. Um, but yeah, we've been experiencing those kind of epiphanies um, as, a, as, a, as a team where it's, you know, everyone's really getting it now. And now that when they're talking on the phone, they're not just rehashing what the other guy on the phone was saying or what, what I may have said on a, on, a, on a product kind of training session or whatever. So that, that's really big. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, it's, it's, 
when you are at the restaurant and you place and you ask the waiter waitress hey what do you recommend on the menu and they always go i haven't really tried i haven't tried that but a lot of people order it is a totally different experience than (laughs) oh i just tried these noodles and the sauce on it it's amazing blah 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 all right i'm convinced Mm -hmm. right it's a totally different experience so i mean that that makes so much sense and and what you're saying Mm -hmm. and, and yeah, I mean, it's it's like this baked in benefit, you know, and especially on the sales side, customer service side, yeah. email marketing, the way that you're presenting yourself, the way that, you know, any team members that are interacting with customers, whether it is actually, you know, customer facing or or, or, or not. Um, yeah, I think that that plays a huge role. I love that. Um, and so, it, I mean, it actually doesn't even go, doesn't even benefit us on, on, a, on a revenue thing. Right. I was just thinking about this where it's like we're, we frequent like – commonly give up thousand dollar orders for four hundred dollar orders because it's like yeah this is a super nice high performance thing but like this one is half the price and it's going to last twice as long right that ha- that plays itself out all the time and like people on the team now understand that and when the customer now when like i know that but when i get five other people to know that like deep down because it's on their own vehicle and now they they're spreading that to the you know, our audience and our customers, like that's, that's where like, that's, that's the authority building. Um, because they're, that customer is now going to be like, holy crap, I was going to buy, a, I was going to spend a thousand bucks, but they only charged me 400 bucks. And now all the, you know, the word of mouth that, that yep. just, yeah. How that word of mouth travels is like, it, it, it can't be understated enough. Yep, I I researched some of those high end ones and then realized I'm not Baja racing, and so I may or may not need that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm curious, what advice would you give to other founders that are are trying to break through some of those ceilings, five million, ten million, twenty million revenue marks? Yeah, what advice would you give them, either marketers or 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 other founders? Yeah, <clears throat> I think um, people that gets i've i've seen this through people that i've talked to also a lot of reading but um just hiring hiring and delegating for people to take it off your plate what what can you just take off your plate even if you have to um if you're if you're at the five million mark or if you're at the million dollar mark trying to get to five or ten or whatever like a new hire at a, a new hire that's like equivalent to you or it's a big it's a big salary ask right whatever that case is and for me it was like oh my god are they, what that's that's a lot of money i don't know if i want to do that but it's it's um we've kind of experienced this where it's like well not only is are they going to be doing the job that you're going to be doing that you're already doing and they're going to do it they're they should be do it do it better and there's, they're going to do a lot of other stuff as well that you never got to because it's always just an idea. Um, but now you are going to be able to do way better stuff of what you really want to do. And you'll be doing stuff that rather than doing stuff you don't want to do, you know, so like the, the, the benefits aren't always like crystal clear on how that shakes out. Um, Ryan, my, my, um, my partner, he's, he's kind of, he, regularly pounds that home for me because i'm just like you sure you want to pay we want to pay them that much they're like dude here's the laundry list of stuff that they're going to take off my plate uh and then here's the stuff that they're going to be doing better that i never got to and now i get to do this huge thing over here and then eventually i'll offload this plate 
right? And so like that, that, that doesn't show up anywhere. That doesn't show up on a report. That doesn't show up in your bank statements. None of that. That's like, it's almost a, it's, a, it's another form of risk taking as far as like, yeah, you started the business. How big do you want to go? There's a lot more risk that you like starting the business and getting it off the ground. Yeah, that was a risk. But like, if you want to keep growing, there are these small risks all along the way. And, you know, if you hire out and they don't work out for you, then uh, it's, not, it's not permanent. Say it's not working out, which is a hard conversation, but um, you can always backtrack on that. So that's that's one of the biggest things of, of delegating. You always hear about it, but no one ever really tells you how to do it. There's no like, because everyone everyone's business is so different, right? Like you have to you have to understand a lot of the business to be able to understand how that delegation needs to happen, right? And so you know that's why I, I, that's why I think there's not a lot of like just not specific information on how to make that jump. But that was that was the biggest. That's what one of the biggest um, things that have benefited us is like. Uh, well, Ryan was my first delegation and then Ryan helped me, um, and the rest of the business, like kind of dole out and, 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 and hire into these, all these little small silos. Um, so that was a big thing there. Um, yeah. The other thing is like time blocking, I, you know, that's very kind of out there and esoteric a little bit, but, and we hear about it. Um, but, uh, we, when you're doing something new for the business, whether it's for your own business, um, or you need, you need deep work, you know, you need, you need a lot of time to dive into deep work because the hardest stuff and the biggest challenges take like a lot of just mental processing power, you know, tying all your notes together, tying all the feedback things together and, and really trying to, uh, truly understand the problem and everything that revolves around whatever problem is you're solving. You can't be distracted by things. And as a new business owner, whether a new business owner or even just one, a few years in, you see all these opportunities all the time. And like, you're always going after this or always going after that or worrying about this or worrying about that. But like, um, I kind of, I kind of attribute it to a little bit having, having kids, which is like, as a single person, you're like, I don't want kids. I'll lose all my free time. But like, what are you really doing with that free time? My single friends now are, you know, <laughs> the, the fears from them, single friends now, they're like, but you're still just playing video games with your free time and spending hundreds of dollars at the bar with your free time. Like, that is, is your free time really worth that much? And so I kind of relate that to like, business owner and high level kind of operations as far as like, even now to this day, eight figures, CEO, I will get caught doing jack shit for like an hour or two at a time. I'm like, why the fuck did I just open up that tab again? Like, why, <laughs> why, why did I do that? I'll like control T, I'll control T and like just by habit, Type in this website. I'm not going to name any websites, but by habit, it's just like control T, did it. I'm like, why? What the fuck? And I'll just like walk away and be like, I need to reset. I need to go do something <laughs> else because this shit is popping up. So, um, calendar, like time blocking and really having just 
how can you get yourself in the zone of doing what you know you need to do and removing all obstacles to get that done? Because what I was talking about, before, I was talking about this earlier, which is like the email flows. You know they're going to work. You know it's something your business needs to do, but it's five hours or ten hours of really intense work of like setting up all the copy, setting up the images, setting up the if then statements, who's going to get all this stuff. It's like, you need to like fully, fully embrace what, what it is and um, get your brain all there. But like when you've got a bunch of other things going on and maybe you don't have anyone to do those other things, how do you get yourself into that frame of mind to like attack what you know needs to be done? Right. So yeah, these are the, these, the, that that's super uh, that's helped me out a lot over the past past years time blocking and 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 really understanding but i have also benefited because i've delegated a lot of the operation stuff out of my off my plate so it's a chicken and egg kind of thing yeah for sure i, I feel like we were talking about that on our on our very gorgeous hike thank you by the way for that yeah but uh we roll yeah <laughs> When we were there, that that was we were talking about on the delegation side. It's almost one of those things like, if anybody can do it, just get it off of your plate because you, as the founder, mm-hmm. there's so many things that only you can do, or yeah. or or things that uh, people on your team just you know there there are people that can't do it better than you. But even some of those things, you should still delegate off because they'll get better mm-hmm. at it, and they'll probably get mm-hmm. better at you at it than you even. But it's mm-hmm. those things yeah. that. There's so many things that in our day to day that people can't, you know, other team members can't do. And so that's the stuff that you should be doing or the things that you do better than anybody else. I, I try to think about that a lot, right? On, on my team, like what are the things that only Samir can do that no one else can do? I need to double down on those things. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and I love what you're saying about just like, yeah, delegating that. But then the, the time block piece, I mean, I've been guilty of it, but it's like, give yourself some extra time too, because mm-hmm. that's the thing, right? Sometimes it always takes longer than expected. Um, yeah. If I have anything deep that needs to be done, it's nothing less than two hours. Usually it's about three to four because it takes an hour just to decompress from the crap, let alone, and then reframing your brain into the new stuff and then like actually doing productive work on the new stuff right so that's like three hours right there um and it seems like a lot when you know maybe you're working eight hours a day or 10 hours a day but like that three hours or four hours is going to be more productive than a wishy-washy two days of of being plugged in for sure um so yeah i mean in in closing i'm curious any any book recommendation anything you're reading lately or anything you've recently read that you recommend hmm yeah, that that um, the book by Cal Newport I gave out to my team. I don't know how many of them actually read it or put it into practice, but it's what helped me a lot. Which is, um, yeah, so good they can't ignore you. So good that yeah, so good they can't ignore you. And um, it's just it's really like it's an it's almost like a self awareness book. It's very you know self awareness is very huge to me and knowing your strengths, knowing your weaknesses, double down on your strengths and don't worries delegate out the weaknesses that's what i've done ryan is very much takes all the weakness off my plate because planning and uh all that stuff operations wise and systematizing and um, i'm like i know what needs to be done but i don't want to fucking do it you go ahead and do it 
Um, but so good they can't ignore you kind of gets into Cal Newport gets he's very much the time blocking, you know, time blocking and how do you over deliver on like tasks that you that you may have as a as a worker, right? Or um say you're a lot of people that are entrepreneurs at heart, they're still working for someone else and they have ambitions to go to go do their own thing, right? I think uh, this kind of book helps out with like deeply learning how to provide value to a company. And then, you know, you, you're able to take that same approach and um, kind of just leverage into your own thing. Um, and then also if you're running an organization, th- this book provides a lot of what, what is possible to have expectations on on some of your people, right? Or how do you get your people to have to, to elevate their the way they do their job? Um, and so there's that, um, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk's book of uh, crushing it, um, you know, or the thank you economy. Um, I'm a huge fan of Gary Vaynerchuk just because uh, I, I just vibe with him really well as far as just like kind of the the super hyper competitive mentality, but also like totally chill. Um, you know, his book, it talks, crushing, it has so many entrepreneur, um, just, uh, just the, uh, the cult, just the culture that he surrounds himself with and he brings to, uh, the public. There's a lot of stories in there that, um, there's so many things that are applicable in, in that book to where like you can be applied to your business, um, whether directly or even indirectly, or it'll sprout new ideas. I rarely get through. I, I don't even like read. I don't even read that book as like a um, a front to back. It's like I'm gonna go read this story and just see if it turns up anything. You know, there's a lot of inspirational stuff out there. Um, there's a lot of like leadership stuff out of, out of there, but I feel like with leadership books and management books and philosophizing books on business. It's like, I read a lot of that stuff when I was, you know, it was way too early in my journey, you know? And so like reading management books before you even have a business, like stop, just stop. Like, yeah, eventually you'll get to it and you're gonna have to reread it. You'll reread it with new eyes, you know? So a lot of those like management leadership kind of books or team building books like it's actually pretty useless unless you have the correct lens that you're viewing them through right and so for people that are kind of starting out they need a certain type of book for people building uh, that have a team they need a certain kind of book but um i don't know i i used to read a lot now i now i listen a lot um i want there was a book there was a book here. I want to find it really quick. Hold on. You can you can jump cut this part. Oh, yeah. His new book, Gary Vaynerchuk's new book, 12 and a half. I've listened to that like four times on Audible because um, he's talking about soft skills. And I like I predicted this, not predicted this, but like last year I was like, oh, everyone's going to talk about soft skills next year, I'm sure, because hard skills and especially through zoom and the, the culture thing we're talking about soft skills is um goes so it, it much more important than people expect or think you know the, the communications and uh team participation and uh, accountability willing to take criticism these are all these are all soft skills whereas you know, for hard skills, this is for your listener, I'm sure you know this, but hard skills are like how good you are at Excel, how good you are at copywriting, how good your productivity 
metrics, right? Those are all hard skills, but soft skills are the immeasurable stuff that impacts culture uh, on your team, right? And so he, you know, the 12 and a half are basically 12 soft skills and how um, not only like what they are, but how they play out in the real world. And then also like some self-accountability um, steps you can take in the book to like actually do something because most people read books and don't fucking do anything. Um, and so <laughs> right? yeah. you can read as much as you want, but if you aren't going to change anything, then it doesn't matter because you're just philosophizing. Um, and so act active being accountable. One of my, one of my quotes that, I think it's Gary's, Gary Vaynerchuk's. I learned this from him a few years back, which is like, and I feel this way very much about myself. Um, you're only, you're only, um, I'm only at my best when I'm, when I'm accountable to somebody else, because like as an owner, you, you could, you could just do anything you want. And if, if you don't have an accountability structure, whether that's like someone else has visibility on your calendar, that's an accountability structure. If you have uh, check-ins with your management where you're asking like, what can I do for you? Or what did I not deliver on? That's an accountability structure. So we're not talking like big high level stuff. It's just like very small things to like improve. If you want to really improve and excel and build your business, there's so many things that can be done, but how do you, how, how do you, how do you bring in other people to keep you accountable to do those things? And I think Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk does a, a just an excellent way of like reframing your mind and what the realistic, uh, what the realistic way of going about doing that is. So yeah. That's awesome. And that can even Big be small yeah. My business. Yeah. That, that can even be small, right? Like even if you're a one or two person team, like you just mm -hmm. have a friend hold you accountable. Even it's like workout yeah. buddies, right? Yeah, it's it's, workout buddies. There we go. That's, that's yeah. the perfect example. You work your ass off when your workout buddy is next to you or you're in a, in a, like a CrossFit class, like you're just blowing at the end of it. Whereas when you're by yourself, you can skimp on the last two reps, right? Yep. When you, when you skimp on the last few reps over, over a year, it's like you're, you're really far behind where you could be. Yep. I got yeah. a buddy starting 75 hard. He's like, will you do it with me? Hold me accountable. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> nice. Wait, wait, what's 75 hard? 75 days, just like two days or something. Yeah. It's uh 75 days and you, uh, you have to, you're supposed to work out, twice a day um for 40 both are supposed to be 45 minutes one's supposed to be outside you're supposed to uh follow a diet drink one gallon of water no alcohol read 10 pages of a non-fiction book uh right. and take a daily progress photo yeah for 75 days Dang, so right. i'm already doing most of that in my life so it was kind of easy you know i live my life on a diet and all those things so. yeah yeah but uh yeah so he, he wanted to do it he's he's gonna be uh climbing mount kilimanjaro towards the end of the year so he was like i need to do some stuff to get in better shape so this is one of the Sweet. ways and i'm like i'll do it with you so yeah but it's one of those Sweet. things right it's it's gonna be easier for both of us to do it because we're both gonna be holding each other accountable and, and sending mm -hmm. each other the progress photo every day <laughs> yeah yeah that's good that's it's an good. easy example but it's true like even in little things right it's uh mm -hmm. yeah that's that's my life coach holds me accountable on the stuff that i don't want to share with my team that i'm working on but yeah like you yeah <laughs> it's the yeah. Same, same thing right well sean thanks a million for being on the podcast it's been awesome sure. uh i encourage everybody to check out shocksurplus.com 
even if you're not planning on off-roading they've got some awesome parts for your most likely for your vehicle they cover yeah. almost all vehicles these days yeah um, or reach out to me on linkedin to help willing to help out with any business challenges or anything like that so yeah love love to give some time appreciate it uh yeah, thanks, no for, thanks for coming on sean appreciate it have yeah, a great day you're welcome thanks guys Samir El Kamuni here. Thank you so much for listening to Ecom Growth Leaders podcast. If you are a successful brand that is crushing it and would like to be on this program, please visit go.ecomgrowthleaders.com/podcast-guest. If you got something out of this interview, please share this episode on social media. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on social. Ecom Growth Leaders is sponsored by Fetch and Funnel, a performance marketing agency specializing in omni-channel media buying, creative production, and conversion optimization. We've partnered with 100 plus brands and generated over 500 million for clients using our trademarked Fetch and Funnel method. We have tons of content over our, at our blog, fetchfunnel.com blog. And also some amazing ebooks like How to Crush Your Competitors and How to Produce High Converting Creative. Thanks again for listening to Ecom Growth Leaders. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. So to make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show. And it means a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, fetchfunnel.com or follow us on social. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.